patterns, permutations, time, rhythm, coordination, meter, concentration, tempo, modulation, groove. Welcome to the Drum Mantra Podcast. This is Rich Stitzel, and it's time to go deeper with your practice. Hey everybody, what's up? Rich here. Welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Um, I got a an email from my wife, and I'm from now on I'm just going to call her Shana. So I got an email from Shana the other day with some attachments. She found um, the audio, some a pe- some of the audio from a drum clinic that I did last year, last May, um, 2016, with uh, for the Sabian Education Network. And that was in Chicago, and it featured a panel with uh, Meg Thomas, who's a local uh, drummer, percussionist, and educator in Chicago, uh, Vic Salazar, who at that time was the owner and founder of Vic's Drum Shop. He's now a, uh, a free agent and drum ambassador to all drummers around the world. Uh, Billy Cobham, the famous hero of jazz fusion and one of the innovators of the whole the whole movement and one of my favorite players growing up for sure and Joe Bergamini who heads up the Sabian Education Network and is also an amazing drummer I mean Joe is a killer drummer so it was a lot of fun and we each uh, took about you know 10-15 minutes and talked about education and our experience in it and uh, my my Get, mine comes in a little bit in the middle, but um, anyway, thought, thought I'd thought I'd share this with you, and hopefully you get something out of it. Okay, enjoy. One measure of music. You're not going to practice one hour a day on, on an hour of music. But in a group setting, I realized if everyone is here and doing it, we're all accountable, and we're all keeping each other honest. So this experience I had just uh, last week, we were sitting on this one measure of music, drumming and we were all playing this exercise it was completely chaotic it was a mess and about seven minutes later seven minutes on one measure everything suddenly clicked it all came together and it was almost hard for me not to stop it and go yes there it is so once we got into it we probably played it for another four or five minutes that's a long time on one measure of music but what happened was the light bulb went on and that aha moment happened and that is one of the most rewarding things as a as an educator is to watch that light bulb go on and then we got to talk about it and it was beautiful everyone had an epiphany and i i kind of had this feeling deep down like none of these guys in this class right now are ever going to have this challenge again we've overcome a rhythmic challenge that is gone from their consciousness now. We win. (laughs) That brings me to a point, I don't know if I wrote this here, but one of the ways that I started working with my students when I was teaching many, many hours every day was one of the biggest problems is a kid is busy. A student, they come in, they're coming in in their soccer uniform. They're taking a lesson and they're heading to ballet afterwards. You know, I mean, you're one of the things in their busy day if they're in middle school or high school for sure. 
And so the way that I sort of started to model my teaching was the student would come in and I would play through the lesson with them as a model of this is what it should feel like to practice every day. So if you're in my, if you're in my room for an hour, we're going to practice for an hour together. We're going to do all the exercises that I gave you and all the play-alongs, and I'm going to play them right there with you. That reinforced with the student time, because my time is good, and their time usually probably wasn't, but they had to stay with me, so they're having that experience. They're having the experience of playing with somebody. They're not in a band, but they're playing with another drummer, so they're getting this human experience, and they're, they're getting an idea of what it feels like to practice this stuff in the lesson. And I thought, this is crazy, because a, a lot of teachers at the time were saying, man, if a kid comes in and isn't prepared, I send them home. And I thought, I don't think that's a good idea. I don't know if that's smart. So I, said, I thought to myself, because I had that all the time, kids would come in every time and say, oh, I didn't have time to practice. I understand it. I didn't have time to practice either sometimes when I was in school. So modeling that lesson with them was huge. I saw kids get better so quickly. And some of those students that I started that modeling with, they're actually at the new school right now. So they've gone on to be highly, you know, serious dudes and girls sometimes. I haven't had too many girl students. A couple. You'll talk about that, right? Um, oh boy. I forgot Billy Cobham is sitting next to me. <laughs> None of us should be saying anything right now. How are we now? Five minutes. So, basically, my whole, my whole thing is um, I've seen education happen for so long, and I've seen it change so much. Um, we've gone from being in a studio and hoping that people would call, putting an ad in a, in a newspaper, and like Vic mentioned, now you can put an ad on Facebook. People want to see who they're going to study with. I mean, very often, when I play a show, I'm going to have people come up to me and say, are you available for lessons? Well, a lot of my work now is in studios, private work. And because of that, I'm not running into people that are saying, hey, are you available for lessons? Um, so I had to figure out how to get myself out there without being out there. And that's what Facebook and Twitter and Instagram becomes uh, a big tool for us. It's free. Uh, and it's fun. It's fun. I love it. I love getting the camera gear together, getting the recording gear together, and the lighting, and shooting a little video and something cool that's like deep, and I'll and I'll post it. And I'll post something really deep and really heavy, and someone will comment and say, "Wow, that's really tribal," and I'll be like, "Oh my god, they don't they don't understand what I just did." But uh, it gives you a good sense of where everyone's at. You know, it's like, okay, I guess. It's tribal. These polymetric groupings are tribal. Um, but what it is is I, you know, I'm getting these things out, and I'm starting, and I, and I say, for more information, go to my website, subscribe to the newsletter, 
And so my teaching practice has become gathering people to my website. How many subscribers do I have? Because every subscriber to me is a student. And I can teach all those subscribers the same lesson at the same time. So, you know, teaching the same lesson at the same time to 300 people is kind of cool. And right now, like Vic said, everything I'm doing is free. I'm putting full lessons out there because I'm trying to gain the respect and attention of people who are serious about upping their drumming game. And I want them to have the confidence that I'm not just trying to, you know, blow smoke and, and just try to get their money because it's not about the money. To me, it's not about the money. To me, it's about deepening people's understanding of time and rhythm. And I feel like that has a purity to it. And when I have aligned myself with that purity for myself, things have blossomed greatly. The books got done. It's a nine-book series. They're all done. They've all come out. The videos are coming out. Everything is kind of flowing in that direction. And I think it's because I've changed my perception. Now, it's a dangerous and tricky thing to do to say, well, I'm not going to think about money anymore. You have to. But don't let that be the bottom driving force of you getting students. It can't be. It has to be the purity of drumming itself. That'll bring the people. Yeah, okay. Cool. Thanks. Right. Thanks, Chris. Um, terrific. I just, I wanted to, I'd like to throw in my little practical tidbits after everybody. So, um, the community thing, I just a really healthy uh, chunk of it be playing music. But I think, you know, developing that plan for, for where they're going to go at 10 years old is extremely important. And then they'll trust you. Once they have that trust, then they're more likely to say, oh, you know, he wants me to learn how to play a paradiddle. So, you know, that he's got the plan and I trust him, you know, so. Yeah. I have a little bit more of that. Working with young kids, I do an arts outreach for Ravinia in Chicago and I go into the public schools with uh, first and second graders. And one of the biggest things that I learned with working with children, especially large groups of them, is don't have any da dead time and know what you're going to do with them and don't stick on anything for too long. Mm -hmm. Don't force their attention span. Mm -hmm. Change it up. Have eight different things that you do in 30 minutes and make sure that they get a taste of it. And now we're going to go do this. And now we're going to play this fun game where you're going to repeat the rhythms that I play. And keep it simple and keep it moving. Because it's real easy, especially for me, to sit there and talk to a 10-year-old for an hour. You know? And I learned my lesson the hard way when they fall asleep. But, you know, <laughs> but you know, having, you, you don't want, the one thing I learned with, all, with a big group of kids is if you have any dead time, they take over. And then you're dead. Then you're in trouble. So you have to, you have to be one step ahead and keep things fun and engaging with little tiny exercises and things throughout the lesson. Yeah. Because they can have a ball and you'll have a ball with it too. I love working with young kids. They're, they're so excited about everything. It's fun. We'll have uh, Vic and Meg add a final word. And then... 
Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.